Hello all, I hope you're all well today. In this webinar, you'll learn about an Osroads project that developed a new sprayed seal binder cracking test and compared the performance of polymer modified binders. My name is Liz and I'm the moderator in today's session. If you're experiencing any technical issues, please contact me through the questions box you can see in your sidebar. Osroads acknowledges the Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the land from which we are broadcasting and where our presenter is based. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Osroads also acknowledges and respects the Treaty of Waitangi and Māori as original people of New Zealand. For those that don't know about us, Osroads is a peak organisation of Australasian Road Transport and Traffic Agencies. We support our member organisations, those listed here, to deliver an improved road transport network. We are proud to bring this webinar to you today. At Osroads, we use a program management approach where each program focuses on an operational area of the road system. This Osroads project falls under the assets program. So here are some housekeeping items. Note that the presentation will go for around 35 minutes. After that, we'll have a Q&A for 20 minutes answering all of your questions. You can download the presentation slides that we're using in the handouts in your sidebar. And as always, we are recording today's session and we'll be sharing the footage on the conclusion of the webinar. We upload all of our webinar recordings on our website and podcast and I'll email you once it's available. We'd really like you to get involved in this webinar, so please shoot through any questions that you have. Very easy and simple, just open up your sidebar and type your questions into the questions box at any stage of the webinar. We ask that you let us know the slide number your question relates to to give our presenter some context to your question. All of Osteroids guides and publications are free to access online in PDF format. If you haven't already done so, please create an account on our website for access and to sign up for Roadwatch publication and webinar alerts. This project produced three reports and these are available through our website. And just to make it easy for you, we've also uploaded these in the handout section in your GoToWebinar sidebar. So if you joined our last Pavements webinar a month ago, you would remember Robert Urquhart, who we welcome back as the presenter today. Robert is a principal technology leader in the Futures Transport Infrastructure Group at ARB. Since 2010, he has been conducting research and contract work at ARB into the properties of bituminous binders and their performance in sprayed seals and asphalt. Hi Robert, great to have you back again to share your knowledge, welcome. Hello Liz, thanks very much again. And here's the structure of the webinar and Robert will present from this point all onwards. So I'll pass it over to him. Okay. All right, thanks very much for attending the webinar. As uh, Liz said, this uh, webinar covers three Austroids reports that were in two different areas. So in terms of an agenda for the webinar, I'll talk about the project background and introduction and the two components of this project involve developing a new uh, cracking test for sprayed seal binders. And then the second part of the project was comparing the performance of what I call comparable PMB in asphalt and sprayed seals. And this is covered in the three reports that Liz talked about. Um, the first part of the talk, I'll talk about the development of a sprayed seal binder cracking test. And the second part will be the comparison of different SBS grades in asphalt and seals. Um, as part of that work, we made up some PMB blends and subjected of different binder grades 
subjected them to asphalt performance tests and sprayed silt performance tests. So I'll give you an overview of the, all those later on in the webinar. Finally, I'll give a summary of what the results have shown out of the projects and the implications to the Australian PMB specification AGPT 190 that have been based on this work. And finally, there'll be a question and answer session. So in terms of project background and introduction, um, this project was supported by quite a large team. Uh, the project manager, Hostos project manager was John Anoff from Vic Roads and the people involved in the project included myself, Jenny Katrokas from ARB and Steve Patrick from ARB. The project was reviewed by the Austroads Bitumen Surfacing Working Group, which included jurisdiction members and members from industry. And it was also reviewed by the Austroads Pavements Task Force. In just an illustration of the project team, these are the jurisdiction and ARB members of of the Bitumen and Surfacing's Working Group, which includes members from each jurisdiction in New Zealand. And as I said, there was quite a few industry members from various regions around Australia that were also involved in this project. So in terms of the overall project, this project had two aims. It was a four-year project. The first two years were to develop a test to rank binder cracking performance in sprayed seals. Now, the reason we did that was because there, as I'll go into detail, there wasn't a test to, to look at the binder cracking performance in seals. And, and one of the major failure um, mechanisms in seal is binder cracking. The other one is typically aggregate loss. If you have a look at the photo on the right-hand side, you can see what happens to a seal when it cracks. It's, it's not very good. So that one of the aims of this Austroids project was to develop a test so we could predict the different and rank the cracking resistance of different sprayed seal binders. The other part of the project was to have a look. The current Australian PMB specification has, you have to use different grades for if you make an asphalt road and you have to use different grades if you make a sprayed seal. But if you actually look at some of those, um, the specification numbers for some of the grades, they're quite similar. So what the, the second aim of the project was to have a look at the difference in performance of different PMB grades that have similar specified properties to see if we actually needed different ones to make asphalt and sprayed seals. Now the benefits to that um, in terms of doing an Austroids project is that suppliers which produce PMBs have to have separate tanks if there's different products and it costs a couple of million dollars to, to build a tank. So if we can reduce the number of grades in the PMB specification, then there'll be cost savings there. It also makes um, jurisdictions lives a bit easier because there's less grades that you have to specify for different types of roads. So as I said, the first part of the talk is on the development of a sprayed seal binder cracking test, which happened in the first two years of the project. Now, in terms of cracking of binders in sprayed seals, prior to this project being conducted, there was only really two methods that you could assess the cracking performance of binders in sprayed seals. Um, the first method shown on the left is to actually do a sprayed seal trial and get some guy to go out there. That's actually Steve Patrick from ARB 
to measure the cracks. So we can have a look at the cracking resistance of different binders. The other way that you can more do it in a lab, you can't really, prior to this project, it's quite difficult to test a sprayed seal. What you can do is put that sprayed seal binder in asphalt and do a traditional asphalt fatigue test. What we've developed as sort of a summary is an adaption of the asphalt fatigue test where instead of putting a thick asphalt beam, which is, is hidden in here, in a fatigue apparatus, we put in a hollow aluminium beam, which is over here, which a, a thin film of binder glues that beam together. You basically can take that, that beam that's glued together and stick it in a standard asphalt fatigue test apparatus and do a standard asphalt fatigue test. And what you actually see when you do the test is that the, the, the glue, the binder that stuck the beam together will gradually break. And you'll see a reduction in stiffness, as, uh, flexural stiffness, the same way as an asphalt fatigue test. So that's the concept of the test. How do we, how do we make how do we glue two aluminium beams together? What we developed in the project was a special jig where you put the two beams in here and typically set a gap of five millimetres between each beam. We then poured hot binder into that gap there, cut off the excess to produce here, and then we took the, the sandwich beam out of the apparatus to produce the beam that's there. And this beam, we we selected the sizes so that it would just be the standard size of a standard asphalt beam. So we could put it in a standard asphalt fatigue apparatus. This just shows you a, an illustration of how an asphalt fatigue or these spray seal binder cracking tests are done. You basically put the beam in here, it's fixed at two ends and it essentially just wobbles up and down and you measure the strength or the force required to move the beam as a function of the number of cycles. This load cell here measures the, um, the force as you oscillate the beam and this deflection transducer basically measures how far you've moved it. When we did the um, sprayed seal binder cracking test, the first part of the project was to actually find the optimum test conditions to use. When we initially tried to do this, we glued the two bits of beam together, put it in the fatigue apparatus. The thing went clunk, bang, the whole thing fell to bits because the fatigue apparatus was too strong for this little feeble binder film. So the first thing that we did in this project was to see if we could get the conditions that we could actually test a binder film. And we chose test conditions of 10 degrees and have a sign loading as per AGPT T233 to use overall. So the optimization tests that we did with a sample of C170 bitumen included the type of beam that we used um, in the test, which included a solid aluminium beam, which we found was way too heavy, a thinner aluminium beam where the binder film was in here, and finally, a hollow aluminium beam, which is welded sheets of aluminium that we found worked best. We did a number of different strain levels to find that the maximum strain level that we could use before the binder films broke and that came to about 200 microstrain in a standard asphalt fatigue test and a 
range of binder film thicknesses, we found that 2.3 millimetres gave the most consistent results without the samples breaking. And a typical sprayed seal is typically between two and three millimetres. So we were trying to aim for a film thickness that was similar to a, a sprayed seal. This just shows you a representative result that you get in the sprayed seal binder cracking test, uh, where you've got flexural stiffness plotted at 200 microstrain versus the number of oscillation cycles. So basically in the test, we got similar results to an asphalt fatigue test. We selected the initial flexural stiffness after 50 cycles to be um, consistent with AGPTT233, and we took the fatigue life to be the number of cycles to get to half that initial flexural stiffness <coughs> as AGPTT233 does. So we developed the test and we could get some numbers, but we really needed to know, did these numbers mean anything? So what we actually did was take a number of different binders, some bitumen samples, and all sorts of different PMBs with different polymers in them, actually put them in a single type of, of asphalt mix and did a standard asphalt fatigue test. And then we took those binders and did the sprayed silk binder cracking tests on them to see if the binder cracking test was giving any numbers that sort of made sense. This shows you a plot of the asphalt fatigue life that we obtained in the standard asphalt fatigue test versus the cracking test fatigue life for that range of binders. And you can see that there's a correlation between a standard asphalt fatigue result with binder A in it with a cracking test fatigue result with binder A in it. So it's basically gave us um, confirmation that the numbers that we were getting actually made sense. Another part in the in the first report of this project, the sprayed seal binder cracking test, if you haven't guessed, are quite hard to do. We'd previously found that there was a correlation between a simple QC test called a stress ratio test and the fatigue life of a variety of different binders in asphalt. We took our cracking test fatigue life results and also plotted it against this simple um, QC test, which involves taking a binder sample uh, in a DSR and twisting it and measuring the force and taking forces at different levels of twist. That's the easiest way to explain it. And we found that there was also a correlation between the cracking test results and this simpler QC test stress ratio. As a result of the work that we found the correlation with the stress ratio results and asphalt fatigue and the stress ratio results and cracking test results, these new stress ratio at 10 degree tests, which are uh, described in AGPT125, have been included in, Austro in the Australian PMB specification as a new ranking test to rank cracking performance of, of binders in asphalt and sprayed seals. So that's basically a, an overview of the, the work that we did into uh, sprayed seal binder cracking tests. The next year three and four of this project compared the performance of um, different types of PMBs in asphalt and sprayed seals. Now in terms of background to this, as I said earlier, the Australian PMB specification currently requires you to use different PMBs, different products, to be used in asphalt 
and spray grey and sprayed seals. The PMBs used in um, asphalt are, are labelled A grades in AGPT 190 and those that are used in sprayed seals are labelled as S grades. However, if you have a look at the properties, the specified properties, I've got an example of some of the spray grades over here. <coughs> of the spray grades and asphalt grades in AGP 2190, you discover that S20E and A20E are actually very similar to each other. And S25E and A15E have very similar specified um, test properties, except for this parameter called stiffness. And previous studies in the asphalt work that I've talked about earlier found that stiffness tests don't seem to be performance related. So we've got different materials to be used in asphalt and sprayed seals. And the only real test that differentiates them is a test that doesn't seem to relate to performance. So based on that, we thought, is it possible to merge these grades? as they only differ by something that doesn't seem to relate to performance. So the aim of the, the last two years of the work was to compare the performance and we used laboratory paired samples of S20E and A20E and S25E and A15E in a, in a series of asphalt and spray seal performance tests to determine if the PMB grades could be merged. We used laboratory prepared samples so that we could control the inputs into the binders so that the bitumen was the same, the polymer was the same. Um, you also need to put some combining oil in there. They were all the same because if you change any of those properties, you can affect the performance of a PMB. So what we were trying to do is keep everything as constant as possible so we could compare apples with apples. Now these types of PMBs typically contain a styrene butadiene, which is called an SBS polymer, which is the same stuff that's on the soles of your shoes, just ground up. So in the first part of the study, uh, we tried some, we made up some PMB blends using the same raw materials so that we could compare apples with apples when we did the sprayed seal performance tests. This show, and in terms of this work, what we actually did was take different amounts of C170 bitumen SBS polymer and the combining oil and made up a variety of different blends to see if we could get binders that met current AGPT 190 specified requirements for different grades. And in the first year report, it's got a, a summary of the development formulation work we did to get to these ones. These just show you the, a picture of the different components. This is the bitumen, this is the SPS polymer, and this is the combining oil we used. What we found was that the A20E and S20E, we could prepare using the same formula here, where the S20E contains a bit more oil than the A20E. We made both polymers, both of these PMBs contain the same amount of polymer because the polymer level can affect performance. And these show you the ones for A15E and S25E. Again, we picked the same polymer level and that the spray grade has more oil in it than the asphalt grade. This just provides a, a very 
overview of what the results we got for each of the laboratory prepared PMBs and their comparison to the requirements of AGPT190. The A20E PMB that we made just met A20E. The S20E met S20E, but it also met A20E, um, suggesting that that spray grade was a subset of the asphalt grades. The spray grades appear to be softer at lower temperatures than asphalt grades, but the high temperature properties are actually quite similar. In terms of the A15E PMB we made, this met A15E and A10E, and the S25E that we made met S25E, A15E and A10E, again suggesting that the spray grades are a subset of the asphalt grades. So I'll just remind you at the end of the talk, um, there's a question and answer session, so please send us your questions. So what I've described here is making up different PMB blends that are representatives of different PMB grades so we can compare apples with apples. So now I'm going to talk about the asphalt performance tests we did. So what we did was we took each of these four PMBs that we've made and a, a control C170 bitumen control and subjected them to six different asphalt performance tests using a VicRose 10H mix with 5.5% binder. The asphalt mixes were all exactly the same. The binder content was exactly the same. The only thing we did was change the binder. The tests that we did included volumetrics, marshal stability and flow, moisture sensitivity, resilient modulus, wheel tracking and fatigue. And basically the aim of these tests were to find out did A20E behave much differently from S20E and did S25E behave much differently from A15E? And if they don't, then we could merge those grades. In terms of the asphalt results, all five binders, that's the four PMBs and C320 bitumen, showed very similar results in volumetric, marshal and moisture sensitivity tests. We did see some difference between the asphalt and the spray grade PMBs in terms of resilient modulus, where the spray grade was consistently a bit lower than the asphalt grade, but that range of change was actually less than the range specified for the most similar type of asphalt mix, which is a VicRoads type HP mix, which has a range of 1,000 to 2,500 megapascals allowed um, for the range in resilient modulus. So even though we're seeing some reduction in resilient modulus with the asphalt and spray grade PMBs, it, it doesn't seem to be too significant if you have a look at a comparable mix, which just has one type of PMB in it. This is specified to have an A10E binder in it. In terms of um, wheel tracking and fatigue test results, in terms of the wheel tracking, we did see some variation between samples, but overall, the average results for the for A20E and S20E and A15E and S25E were quite similar if we considered the variation in the tests. We were a bit more modern in our fatigue tests and used the new Austro's test method AGPT T274, which involves using sinusoidal loading instead of have a sign. And 
yields a strain level for a fatigue life of million cycles. In terms of the A20E and S20E binders, we got about this almost the same strain level in the fatigue test. And for the A15E and S25E, we also got the same level. So looking at all those results, it appears that S20E, A20E, A15E, S25E, PMBs overly perform similarly in asphalt. But what about sprayed seals? So in the last year, the fourth year of the project, we took those binders that we'd produced in year three and subjected them to a, a range of sprayed seal performance tests to see if, if comparable binders, the S20E, A20E, S25E, A15E, performed sim also performed similarly in sprayed seals. We subjected each of these binders to four different um, sprayed seal performance tests, which would aim to look at different stages in the life of a sprayed seal. The first test that we looked at was aggregate wetting tests, which look at an initial aggregate wetting by binder. When you spray a sprayed seal on the road, the first thing you want it to, the binder to do is to stick to the aggregate. If it doesn't stick, the stone will come off and it'll just go everywhere. So these tests look at that. The second problem that can happen with a sprayed seal after the binders wet the aggregate is that the aggregate can come off when, when you put traffic on a sprayed seal. So we did circular accelerated surfacing testers or cast tests to look at the resilience of the different binders to resist aggregate reorientation and loss. After a sprayed seal's been around for a while, it can rain and that water can mess up the adhesion between the binder and the aggregate. So we did RMS resistance to stripping tests to have a look at aggregate adhesion in the presence of water for each of the different binders. And finally, we looked at the cracking performance of the binders using the sprayed seal binder cracking test that I've just talked about earlier. So these tests involved the four PMBs and a C170 bitumen, which was used as a control. In terms of aggregate wetting performance, I actually talked about this test in the webinar I gave um, two weeks ago. Basically, it's not the most complicated test in the world. It, what it involves is making a, what we used was two millimeter binder film, pushing an aggregate particle into that binder film by hand, pulling it out with a pair of pliers and then having a look at the bottom of the aggregate to see how much is coated. Now, if you do this at a low temperature, you push it in and you pull it out and there's no binder on the aggregate. But as you increase the temperature, there's then binders on the aggregate. We did these experiments basically by doing this test at one temperature with a number of aggregate particles and, and averaging it changing the temperature, doing the test again, and changing the temperature and doing the test again. We used two millimeter binder films of C170 bitumen and the four PMBs after they were blended with six parts cutter. The reason why we used six parts cutter was because these tests involved someone being in a room. And if we hadn't abused cutter, we worked out that the temperature of the room would have to be about 80 degrees. So because that was actually dangerous for someone to be in a room that hot, 
we mixed it with cutter, which lowered the temperatures that we needed to do the test. And it made it so that we could do tests between 20 and 62, which was still quite warm, but not hot. This shows some representative results that we've got in, in terms of aggregate wetting performance for the C170 bitumen and the two comparable PMBs, A20E and S20E, each blended with six parts cutter. What you find if you do these tests that at low temperatures, you put the stone in and you pull it out and there's nothing on it. And then all of a sudden within a 10 degree temperature range, you get a great increase in coating on the aggregate. The number that we've used in the report is what's called the initial 100% coating temperature, which is the lowest temperature where you get 100% coating on the aggregate for all five stones that we did each test with. For the C170 with six parts cutter, that temperature was 36 degrees, the minimum temperature that all the aggregates were coated. For the PMBs, they took a higher temperature to coat the aggregate, but the A20E and S20E were pretty much the same. And the lowest temperature completely coat the aggregate was 55 for both of them, which is saying the A20E and the S20E coated the aggregate almost identically. The corresponding results for S25E and S15E are over on the right-hand side. And again, the 100% coating temperatures were 59 and 60, which are practically the same. So this is saying that the comparable asphalt and spray grades in both cases have the same ability to wet aggregate in the sprayed seal. The second test that we did to look at aggregate um, reorientation were done in the WPS Opus Laboratory in New Zealand, um, which involved making a sprayed seal sample up in the lab then putting it in a special um, thermally insulated uh, room and passing a loaded wheel over this so that representing traffic. The tests were done by doing 105 passes of a 160 wheel, the kilogram wheel that was going at 25 kilometres an hour and we did tests at 25. And basically this shows you a picture after the trafficking for a C170 bitumen sample and that black area down here is where all the stones have come off. They're all very nice photos, but it's better to have some quantitative um, information. So Opus took stereo photographs of these samples before and after trafficking, and you can generate by a computer 3D plots of the surface so you can get an indication of the stones coming off. So based on those um, stereo photographs, which is photos taken at different angles and a computer analysis, this shows you a typical seal sample before it was trafficked by the, the, the loaded wheel and the contour plot of a seal sample after trafficking. And you can see this holes there where the aggregates fallen out. They're all quite nice as well. You get nice pictures, but it's more sensible to see if you can get a number out of this test. So what was basically done is that you can, if you go back and have a look, these plates have got sides on them. The upper edge of the plate was defined as a, a certain dimension. 
and a parameter called the lower void volume, which is the area of air above the seal that's below the surface of the plate, was used to get a numerical result to find out about aggregate loss. So if this aggregate comes out, this lower void volume will go up. This shows you the results that we obtained for the bitumen sample and the four PMBs in the cast tests, which gives an indication of aggregate reorientation, aggregate loss. The A20E and S20E were pretty much the same considering the error of the test and the A15E, S25E were also pretty much the same considering the error in the test. All four PMBs were better than the bitumen. But the take home message from this was that the comparable PMBs, the A20E, S20E and A15E, S20E performed similarly in terms of aggregate reorientation and aggregate loss. The third test we did was an RMS test to look at uh, resistance to stripping in water. It basically involves making a binder film, putting 15, 50 aggregate particles on the film, heating it for 24 hours to make sure that the ag binder has wet the aggregate and then soaking the um, plate for four days in water to let the water get in between the bitumen and the aggregate. The next step involved in this um, is removing the stones and you ex assess the coating on the aggregates after you've removed them. And this was done with RMS T230. The results of resistance to stripping tests showed that the C170 bitumen had the highest number, which meant it was the most stripped. The A20E, S20E were fairly pretty much the same and the A15E, S25E were again much the same. So it's saying that the comparable asphalt and spray craze were also quite similar in terms of resistance to stripping when water was around. The final spray seal performance test we did was spray seal binder cracking tests using the method I described at the start of the webinar. We did these at 10 degrees and 200 microstrain. Basically the results from these tests showed that the C170 was most prone to crack and had the lowest fatigue life. The A20E, S20E was similar and had a lot better fatigue life than, than the bitumen and the A15E, S25E had the best fatigue life, but again, it was the same. So this is saying again that in this test, the A20E, S20E, A15E, S25E, PMBs showed similar results in cracking tests. So in terms of the asphalt and sprayed seal tests that I've talked about, the results of these tests appear to indicate that A20E and S20E and A15E and S25E PMBs would be expected to perform similarly in asphalt and sprayed seals, which gives us the option of merging these four grades into two. That would save production costs because we need less tanks and also simplify jurisdiction specifications. Sorry. Now, how could we merge these grades? In the, the final report um, that was done on this, there's a detailed analysis of the difference in AGPT 190 properties um, for the different asphalt and spray grades. And basically what that analysis showed 
is that the spray grays currently are a subset of the asphalt grays. So it's very feasible to produce an S20E grade PMB, which also makes A20E properties and an A and an S25E grade PMB that also meets A15E properties. This spray grades are part of the asphalt grades. So if you consider that, the simplest way to merge these grades would be to produce a combined A20E, S20E grade that has A20E specified properties and a combined A15E, S25E grade that lists A15E currently specified properties. Now, fortuitously in another Ostroads project, we also, we also seem to have done a trial that's compared um, the performance of asphalt and spray grade PMBs. In 2011 and 2012, Ostroads spray sealing trials were constructed using different PMBs at both Cooma in New South Wales and Cooper PD in South Australia. As part of the research that was done as part of these trials, all the binders that were used in the trials were tested. And what we found when we tested the binders is that many of the binders, which was supposed to be spray grade binders that were used in the trial, actually failed spray grade requirements, but met asphalt grade requirements. So what this trial site actually has is a, is a number of PMBs which meet spray grade requirements and there's some that met asphalt grade requirements. And these trials have been about six years. Now I won't go into the details of the trials, but to date, um, the asphalt grade PMBs that have been laid at these trial sites in, in, in sprayed seals have performed similarly to the, the proper sprayed seal binders. And this gives further confirmation from a, a field sort of point of view that using asphalt grade PMBs in sprayed seals is very likely to work. So just a final summary and the implications to AGPT 190. A new binder cracking test has been developed to rank binder cracking tests in sprayed seals that didn't exist before. And as a result of this and a correlation with a simpler QC tests, stress ratio tests have been included in AGPT 190 in the latest version that was updated a month or so ago as a reported test parameter. The aim in the future is to get a database of, of binder supplier results from different PMB grades and minimum specification limits for stress ratio will then be set from an analysis of the results. The second part of the study found that A20E and S20E and A15E, S25E PMBs appear to perform similarly in asphalt and sprayed seals. So now there's a proposal to move those two, four binder grades into two in AGPT 190 in the next update. And as I said, all this stuff that I've talked about is in these three reports that Liz mentioned at the start of the talk. So yes, please send us your questions. And I think it's question time. Thank you for presenting, Robert. So to our audience members, please keep sending through your questions and comments to join in the conversation. So now onto the Q&A section. We have a question in relation to slide 41. 
So this question was submitted by Brett and he's asked whether cast test is done at 25 degrees Celsius or 45 degrees Celsius. Can you explain? Uh, they were done at 45 degrees Celsius. Um, that, that temperature was chosen, as I said, WSP or Opus did them. They have used that temperature for all the research that they've um, done in the past and they recommended that that was an appropriate temperature to use. If it's the temperature's too cold, um, the binder's too tough and the, the stones may not come off sometimes. Thanks for answering, Robert. We have a question from Leon in relation to slide 32 and 33. So the question yep. is, was C320 used rather than C170? Yes, that says down the bottom a mix containing C320. We use okay. C320 because that's traditionally used in asphalt, not C170. Great, thanks Robert. On to the next question. So is there going to be a recommendation for crumb rubber binders? Um, not as part of this project. Um, the stress ratio test that has been done um, as part of part of this work um, was also done on some crumb rubber binders. I believe that there's a, a new Ostrich project to look into specification properties for crumb rubber binders, particularly in asphalt. Thanks for answering, Robert. And then we'll move on to the next question, which is from Nahin. So they've asked, please mention where S45R stands in your test trials. Is it going to be abolished in the near future? Um, in terms of the test trials, um, what happened to the Kuma site was that all the binders failed, basically, which was attributed to at the same time which has been attributed to the cement stabilised base course. At the current time for the Cooper PD trial binders, where there is one crumb rubber binder, I think it's S15RF, um, none of the binders have cracked to date. So I can't give you a, a trial result for a particular crumb rubber binder. Thanks for, thanks for clarifying, Robert. We have a really nice uh, comment and also a question from Laszlo. So he says, hi Robert, detailed and well executed research, great presentation and outcome. When will the when will the T190, when it, when will it be published with updates? Um, T190, thank you Laszlo, I do know you. Um, <laughs> it was, the latest update was about a month ago, which now includes stress ratio. Um, it's up to the bitumen surfacing working group PTF and Ostros when we start considering putting in um, the merge grades in AGPT 190. But as I've said, some of this stuff has already been implemented. Thanks, Robert. And so now Hins come back saying, which bitumen grade can be interchangeably used for S45R? So can you clarify that one? Which bitumen grade? can be interchangeably used for S45R. S45R. It's not specifically a bitumen grade. I mean, 
overall, I think the recommendations are S45R is has similar properties to an S20E, but there are, um, I think in Guide to Paper and Technology Part 4K, there is a list of comparable binders in terms of SBS and crumb rubbers. Thanks for that. Thanks for that, Robert. Moving on to the next question. The question is, are the findings of the research internationally applicable? Um, I think particularly the sprayed seal binder cracking test part of this um, is internationally applicable. Um, the US, there's been a couple of French and European studies into looking at the cracking performance of binders. Uh, that what they wanted to do is have a look at the how the cracking performance of the binder influences the asphalt. So there's been a few studies, but they've just been single shots doing different things. I, I think this is the most comprehensive study that's been done with different binders to try and find out uh, how you can rank the cracking performance of thin binder films. So I think that's internationally applicable. Most other countries don't use different um, binders for asphalt and sprayed seals. Um, so that part probably isn't as applicable in terms of a more theoretical, it's more of a practical thing um, than a theoretical thing that could be used overseas. Okay, thanks for that, Robert. Moving on to slide 45, which we have a question on. Yes. So this question was submitted from Sarah and Sarah and she's asked, would merging the grades deliver economic benefits for industry or road managers? Uh, yeah, I think they would. As I, as I said in the talk, because there's a range of grades come, currently in AGP, T190, if you're a binder manufacturer and people ask you for four or five different grades, you have to have four or five different tanks to store that in. Um, if there's less grades, you need less tanks. And from my experience, it costs a couple of million dollars for a tank. So if there's less grades, less tanks will be required and that will save money. Having um, fewer grades will also make administrate one will hope make administration parts from jurisdictions easier because there's there's less to choose from. So it's it's a, it's a simplified system. Thanks for that, Robert. I hope that's clarified, Sarah. Moving on to the next slide over, which is slide forty-six. So yep. the question is, how likely is it to get buy-in from industry to use just the one set of grades? Um. I, I personally think it's quite feasible. I mean, as I've said at the start of the talk, all these results were um, submitted to a wide range of different binder suppliers. Um, there were pre-presentations on this this year, um, every year of the project. Um, so, and we asked for um, binder supplier involvement throughout the project. So they they've traveled along board with us. Great, thanks for that. Uh, and another question is, why did Osroads commission this research? What problem was the research seeking to address? 
Okay. Um, the the main in in terms of um, overall in terms of the cracking test, as I said at the start of the talk, cracking is one of the major failure modes in sprayed seals. If you've driven on the road, you quite often see cracks on sprayed seals, and before there was no real way to assess whether a binder would crack or not. So this this project has given a a means by which um, a binder can be tested before it's even put on the road and you're going to have information about whether that binder will crack or not. So that's part of the impetus of, of doing this project. The other part was to simplify um, the specifications for PMBs, um, which promotes can promote harmonisation if things are easier. Thanks for that, Robert. Uh, this is another question from Brett. So he's asked, for the Kuma trial, was it some binders met A, but some didn't meet S? Yes. So we'd initially asked for samples of S10E, S20E, S35E, and S20E, I think. Um, the S20E binder at both the Kuma and Cooper Petty trial met A20E and the S35E binder used in the Kuma trial met A25E and didn't meet S35E. Thanks for that. Uh, this is a question from Steve. So T190 uh, to be superseded by a new OSIRIS technical specification, could it take some time to update the yet to be published specification? It could, but that, that's more up to Ostroge than me. So I, um, in terms of that timing. Great, thanks for that, Robert. So that's all the questions that we received. Uh, so we'll end this session shortly. And before everyone leaves today, I'd like to show a list of upcoming webinars that we have. So as you can see here, there's quite a number of webinars in the upcoming weeks, but I'd like to highlight a particular webinar covering the updated edition of Guide to Payment Technology Part 5, Payment Evaluation and Treatment Design. So Jeff Jamison from ARB will be the presenter and he'll present significant advances in the thickness design of structural treatments for flexible road pavements. We hope you could join us for that session there. And if you haven't already done so, we recommend you to sign up for Roadwatch email alerts to keep up to date with upcoming webinars and new publications. Just log into your Osteroids account and subscribe through your profile. And for those that don't have an Osteroids account, you could sign up at no charge through our website here. So thank you everyone for listening in today. You can give us your feedback and comments through a survey, which will come up shortly. And before I sign off, I'd like to thank Robert again for being part of the webinar. So thank you, Robert. Uh, thank you, Liz, and thank you for being host. And I'd like to um, thank Ostroads for giving uh, the um, ability and to do this research to help um, road jurisdictions and the Australian public and New Zealand public in general. So thank you for that. Great. Thanks for that, Robert. So everyone will see you later. And until next time, goodbye.